Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we are brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. As a business owner, you'll be faced with many hard things to do, and growing and running a business is just straight hard work. But what do we get out of it other than a business? Well, personally, we gain a lot of confidence by trying and doing hard things. Today, we are really excited to be interviewing Abby Strong, owner of Auntie Abby's Pet Sitting Service, about her journey into pet care, why tackling hard things is critical to her success, and about the pride that she has in that hard work and how it's paying off. Let's get started. Hi, Colin. It's such an honor to be featured on your podcast. I'm a huge fan. Um, so my name is Abby Strong. I am the owner and founder of Auntie Abby's Pet Sitting Service in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, we have been in business for four years now, uh, October 2019. So actually, it's our four-year anniversary right now. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we offer a variety of pet sitting services all in our clients' homes, um, from dog walking and drop-in visits to pet nanny care and overnight care. This was something I had done on the side for probably a decade prior. Um, I've always been very passionate about animals and their welfare. Um, I volunteered with the Animal Rescue League of Iowa and bailing out Benji. Um, which is founded in Ames, Iowa, and is now a national nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, they work to educate the public on puppy mills, which is quite a problem here in Iowa. Um, so this came very naturally to me. I also nannied full-time for 13 years. So I've always been in kind of a caretaker role. Um, and this was a natural um, progression from that, I would say. The, the caretaker role, I, I think that's a that's a very important aspect to what we do. What, what does that mean to you when you hear caretaker? Kind of how do you break that down into the constituent parts and, and and approach that? Right. Well, I think there are a lot of parts there. So one, there is the responsibility. It's a huge responsibility to be in charge of a pet or child's well-being. Um, then we can also incorporate the enjoyable parts. So enrichment, um, nurturing different aspects of pets, personalities, um, all sorts of things. So I, I think it's multifaceted. Now, and it, we we tend to get caught up in the 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 care without the caretaker, and that that's yes. our responsibility. I love how you started off with that. It's our responsibility that we bring to the pets that are in our charge while their owners are away. And that that really is, that's us, right? That falls to us. You're called Auntie Abby's. Uh, is, 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 this, is this from your, your nannying days or where did this name come from? That's a great question. <laughs> so I have two nieces who are five and seven now. Um, they started calling me Auntie Abby. And what I really wanted to portray to clients is that we will care for their pets just like family. In fact, our tagline is your pet's family when you can't be. And so Auntie Abby just felt like a natural um, expression of that. As much as a name is like not all that important, like it's really important to at the end it of is. the day. Right? <laughs> because yeah. it does it does convey a lot. And especially when we think of the kind of 
emotions that we want our clients to have, the connection, the, the connecting points to that. And I think a lot about that too is just the familiarity of kind of what that what that is imbued with to to the general public. Oh, absolutely. And because all of our services are offered in our client's home, we also really want to focus on building that relationship that feels like extended family. It's a a big deal to allow someone into your home. We too often forget that, right? Of just how big of a deal this is to to let a stranger into your home. Because at, at the end of the day, that's what we are, right? We're strangers. We If we have staff, they're also strangers to the client. And it's normal for us, right? It's kind of old hat right. at this point. Like, oh, this is no big deal. But I don't know if you, you have a lot of your clientele or like ours, we get a lot of people who, you know, I've never needed this service before. I've never done anything like this before. Help me. I'm concerned. I'm worried. Do do you get those kind of responses from people? Absolutely. Um, we hear multiple things. So one thing I hear commonly is family. We've always relied on family or neighbors. Um, or I hear from people who have used a, you know, national um, pet sitting business and they've had a poor experience. And so I really tell them about the benefits of working with someone local and a business owner who's right here to jump in at any moment. I know you you do use a team. So does right. that change that relationship with the client? Are they expecting to get the same person every time? Or can, how do you have that structure to have that conversation with them? Great question, because this started out as a solo operation um, for about a year and a half. And at that point, when I grew to a team, as you can imagine, the clients had gotten very used to working with me personally. And so I had to convey to them why this was a good move to make. Um, One of the benefits of having a team is that there's always someone to step in if there's an emergency. And I also, I personally conduct meet and greets in person with any client with dogs, because I like to get a feel for dogs temperament. Um, And then the sitters, any sitter working with the client also meets with them prior as well. So I think that really helps clients to feel comfortable working with different people. Um, We also use time to pet and our reports allow us to work really seamlessly in time to pet. And our clients see that as well. They know the sitter who might be helping later in the day has read um, all of the particulars that happened at the last visit. Yeah. Yeah. Really extending that, that peace of mind of that, of that, of, although the individual may be a stranger, if they have to come in, they are not unfamiliar with your home or their care requirements. And that's an aspect that is, it's kind of hard to get across to clients at first, at least I found because they, you know, I get all this good. Well, can I, I need to meet, you know, all six people who may take care of my dog. That's not quite how this works, but you know, kind of explain (laughs) to them our scheduling process and how everything's put together and everything. And, and then at the, but, but linking it back to, the shared notes, like the the team communication and the collaboration that we have together. Yes, absolutely. And that's such a key piece um, because this job to be done well really demands that we're very attentive to detail, that we're in regular contact. Um, 
And so that's just a really critical component. Yeah, because especially when you go from solo to having somebody else, right? when you're just doing the visits, when it's just you, it's easy to keep track of where you put the thing last or how the home right. was when you left or what it's going to look like moving forward. Because like, it's, it's you, right? And now working as a team, we've got to try and incorporate that a little bit better and kind of almost force it, I feel like at times of like, no, you must send this information. Like this is important right. to re- review. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. So do you have do you have staff members that do all the same clients? So you said kind of have a, a primary staff member on a particular client and then backups in case they they can't get there. Right. So depending on the type of service, I actually like to have two to three sitters for each client. Um, we do a lot of our clients are divided in that some opt for overnight care where someone sleeps over in their home and some opt for our vacation visit service where we make multiple visits throughout the day. And with the visits in particular, that often ends up being a couple of different sitters just based on their availability. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that as well because then I know, you know, if somebody gets sick or something comes up, we have backup, you know, somebody that could take on the majority of the visits. Having those backups is, is really important. And then I, I also try and I found there's a lot of benefit of the multiple eyes, ears, hands on the pet, yes. on the home. Because the same person, right? If they if they kind of have this, this it's not really a blindness, but like a blindness to the, the pea stain that's on the rug, like they're never going to see it. But the person who, another person is probably going to be like, oh, whoa, what's that? So it helps catch a lot of these things. And it does really help elevate that quite a bit um, when you're, when you're working as that kind of having multiple people come in throughout the time that they're, that they're traveling. Yes, I agree that because I think everybody brings different things, um, different styles, um, you know, things that they are more in tune to. Um, So I absolutely agree with that. You mentioned you offer quite a lot of different kinds of services. And, and I know at the core of every one of those services is is a problem that you're trying to solve for the client. So how do you, how do you go about understanding the problems that your clients face? Because many of us go, well, I've got this thing. Or or what do I do? With, how do I connect? What is this? Like, so when you sit down and you go, my clients, how do you start? How do you think about their problems? Yeah, great question. Um, multiple different ways. So. At the core, I'm big on building client relationships. Um, similar to when I was nannying, you know, I was I was a part of those clients' families. Um, and that's what I want for this as well. So from the very beginning, I let our clients know how important they are to us. And I really show an interest in learning about their pets and their pets' behavior and their households. Um I start by having an in-phone kind of interview of sorts with clients where I collect some information and then I tell them about our onboarding process, time to pet, all the things we have in place. And then from there, um, they create their account and time to pet. And most clients are really impressed by the amount of items I cover in time to pet. So it's everything from... Where's the thermostat located? Um, what, you know, feeding, where are dishes located? Would you like us to wash your pet's dishes? I really try to get in there and 
that way we can truly mimic the normal habits and routine of the pets. Then I would also say um, with social media, you know, we're really trying to address our clients' needs. So we do a variety of things from sharing pictures and videos of pets and, you know, really illustrating how we're providing enrichment um, or or going through the services like a dog walk. Um, we did a fun reel the other day with a dog that we brought bacon flavored bubbles <laughs> to the visit. And this little Frenchie had the time of her life chasing these bubbles. And I want our clients to see, you know, this enjoyment that it's not just a potty break and a feeding, you know, we're, we're coming into these jobs, bringing enthusiasm and excitement. Um, and then I also am big on connecting with other pet businesses in the area. So for instance, there's a wonderful dog trainer, um, Sheila Williams that I, um, first met two years ago and we have partnered on a lot of things and she's been a great referral to clients. And then it's very easy for us knowing Sheila's approach to things to implement that while we're there with services. Yeah. So I, I could expound on that oh. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> well, I think, you know, at the, at the core of that, you're talking about building relationships and you said a phrase there of, of you really trying to help them understand how, how important the clients are to us. And, yes. and I know from one aspect, sure, they are important to my business because they're going to be paying me financially, right? That's that they are important in that aspect, but also they're important because they're important, right? The human yes. has value. The pet has value. And we value them for the way they are and where they're meeting us. And that takes us time to to listen, to understand, to hear between the words that people are saying to us so we can actually start to craft and understand what they're what they're asking us. So that the partnership that you mentioned, um, I, I know we have some some general partnerships with with trainers, with groomers and stuff like that, but it sounds like you've really really fostered that that relationship with that trainer quite a bit. She's become a personal friend. Um, I have enormous respect for her methods. Um, I know they're safe for pets. Um, I know she meets every pet at their level. And it feels good to be able to refer to someone that I know and trust very well. I know, you know, when we first started and we were still getting connected with trainers, you know, I'd tell people, oh, you know, well, let me know what trainer you're going to get connected with. And then we'll all reach out to them and we'll talk to them and kind of understand their approach and whatever. But now after having built and fostered some of these relationships, kind of intuitively knowing right, and never just assuming that what their approach is going to be, always having that conversation. But you intuitively know what that approach is going to be and that you are a good match and they're not going to just spring something on you where all of a sudden you're, you're not comfortable with what they're trying to do with that dog. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I think anybody that you are going to refer to, it's very important to truly get to know their services, their offerings, their methodology, because you want it to align with your, your personal business values. Right, because you don't want to have this referral going out that you actually, at the end of the day, aren't 100% comfortable with, or you wouldn't send your own dogs to, or, uh, well, they're great, except this one thing. <laughs> right, so did that, did that, did you, 
reach out to her in that way or, uh, you know, and just, just a phone call and say, Hey, can we meet up for coffee? Or kind of, how did you start that? Cause I know many, yeah. many, many of us are either a really busy or B unsure how to approach people <laughs> because it's, it's just, well, you want me to cold call somebody, you know, how do I, how do I actually make this work? Right. And that's been um, an area of growth for me over these past four years as networking skills. And I've become much more confident. Um, I am big on following all of our neighborhood Facebook groups. And Sheila had posted about her services in a neighborhood that we work in. And so I sent her a message and said, hey, you know, I'm Abby. I would really like to get to know you and hear more about your services. So we met up for coffee and then we just built the relationship from there. Now those those neighborhood Facebook groups are are really powerful, right? They're a great yes. marketing technique for us <laughs> as businesses to kind of be a direct connection to a lot of people, but also yeah. just from being a fly on the wall to see what kind of things are being what kind of questions are being asked? I mean, what kind of recommendations are being given? Who else is out there that maybe I don't know? I mean, we've discovered so many local pet sitters who, when somebody posts, um, you know, I need help with blah, 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 blah. Just And we'll just wait a little bit and see who scrolls up, see who comes up and go, okay, I, I know that person. Oh, I've never seen that person before. Maybe I'll reach out to them. It, it can really expedite a lot of that networking process. Oh, absolutely. It's just a wealth of knowledge just in learning about that community and what their needs are. And like you said, other pet sitters and pet businesses or or specific issues that clients are not clients, but neighbors are having and they're asking the group for, you know, help. You know, then you can pop in and say, oh, hey, that's a great question. You know, here's this YZ. Now all of a sudden you're a resource. And and what this is actually doing is this is the, a business aspect of doing some market research, right? Where are people's struggles? Where are their pain points? What kind of questions do they have? Because we know generally what our clients are struggling with. But if we're constantly trying to market to new people, we have to understand where they are. And not just geographically, but but where they are in their in their pet ownership, in their pet, you know, their, in their life with their pet right now. Where are they? What struggles are they having? And we can try and put out all sorts of you know, questionnaires or flyers or stuff like that. But hearing it directly from people is exceptionally powerful. Oh, absolutely. You know, and there are so many moving pieces, you know, depending on the economy. Um, COVID, COVID was a huge thing, you know, where we we saw the impact of that on uh, on our clients and our pet sitting businesses. So it's important to always be evolving, you know, and for me, this business has been a wild journey over four years of starting as a solo, you know, sitter and now having a team of 21 <laughs> sitters. And so what I've learned is you've got to constantly be pivoting. Um, you know, you may have a business model, but you need to evaluate that every few months because it's constantly changing and you're finding ways you can do things more efficiently and another need that you can potentially meet. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Doug from Bad to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. 
What's something that you've had to pivot from or a way to recently where you thought, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is a great idea. And then maybe backed off and went, never mind, or, or some other sort, sort of scenario. I think actually maybe what I could talk about here is our pet nanny service. Yeah, because I, I saw that on your website and I was like, okay, this is... Yes. This is a little different. And obviously, knowing your background as being a, a human nanny, right? It kind of makes sense of why right. this would be important, but I don't I don't see this service offered a, a lot. Okay. So this service, one of the the biggest features is that it's very customizable and you can choose exact time blocks to have a sitter come and ex- spend an extended period of time in your home. So it's a minimum of two hours to book. It's typically booked anywhere from two to five hours. And this began um, out of COVID. So mm. what did we find during COVID? So many pets got so very used to having their owners at home. You know, they weren't left they weren't left alone very often. So there was some anxiety. And then I started thinking of all the other ways it's beneficial. So maybe you've got a pet who recently had a medical procedure. They're taking pain meds, you know, they're wobbly on their feet. Client needs to go to a meeting. You know, you've got somebody that can come spend that time. Um, Puppies, new puppies, you know, they need to be let out frequently. They're trying to keep up with potty training habits. So somebody that can be there, you know, in and out monitoring. Um, also, we just have clients who love their pets so gosh darn much, which is awesome. <laughs> and they know their pets are just happier having someone there. You know, we've got a client when they travel, they have someone come for two hours in the morning to be with their cat and then three hours in the evening. And they just know oh. Normie is, <laughs> you know, he's happy. And, you know, we send all these videos and he's just purring and making biscuits and head butting sitter and just soaking it all up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know, because that's again this there's a need out there. And can I, should I, how do I fill this? Right. And that's an right. important question that we as business owners we have to ask ourselves. And and I know many of us go extended stays like that. Oh, I don't know if my current business model allows me to do that. So I have to evaluate that. Maybe how, what is my, and then we start going, well, what does that change for my hiring outlook or not? Or how how much am I involved in those? And so, you know, the, the, the pricing on those, I know many people may think that there's, you know, are there discounts for those kind of services or kind of what's the pricing model on that? Yeah. So it's a minimum of two hours to book. It's 30 an hour. So a minimum of $60. Um, so really it's very nice because clients can choose what works best for them and clients who might opt, um, for our vacation visits. Like if they have dogs instead of our overnight service, it's always an option to add that on. So maybe in place of the bedtime visit, they come have someone spend two hours at bedtime, kind of similar to like an almost overnight. Yeah. 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 Giving them that, that flexibility. Um, is that... Do you get pushback on that? Because, you know, $60 for a service, uh, you know, that's that's getting up there as far as cost for a lot of people. Right. Well, we found that this appeals to a select clientele. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's people who um, they have a need for it. It's people who really just like to make sure their pets are comfortable. So it's it's not for everyone, but it's a good option for those who would like it. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to remember because we have uh, people from all across the, the country and pricing is always a, oh, I could never charge that. I could never do that right. kind of thing. Right. And, and so it's understanding your, your, your market, where you are, your personal budget and things like that. But, you know, for $60 for a minimum service fee, you know, and, and I mean, you're in, you're in Des Moines and a lot of people might be surprised that, that you can charge that kind of money for, for a service like that. Right. Um, in the nice piece there, we also offer 30, 45, and 60-minute visits or walks. So all sorts of options, all sorts of options. The pet nanny is when you're really looking for that one-on-one care for an extended period. Yeah, and that's the, I think that's what's really important is, is to look at your entire pricing structure of your services to understand is there a stair step here of services and pricing that works the way up so they kind of see this nice flow upward and and it does kind of go okay well i'm oh well it's just a little bit a little bit of that pricing mindset comes in where the the person purchasing goes oh it's just five bucks more than that well if i'm already (laughs) doing that then like and oh and i can work my way up (laughs) up to this up to this cost but that's that is something that that we can provide because if you don't have that stair step sometimes it's harder to sell or have see that have the client see the value in that extra charge for that that service that is you know that that's a very very premium service right staying at somebody's home for 5 hours in a row like that's that's a lot right and i think our clients realize that and so those that truly want that service they understand the value of somebody's time when a sitter could be filling in elsewhere with multiple visits. However, I'll say our sitters really like this because it allows them to stay put in one place for a while versus driving here, driving there. You know, it's yeah. it's nice in that respect. Yeah, it, it it is, you know, and and I know I don't do you have to have conversations with them of like what do I do with the cat for 2 hours? Like yes. how do I make this work? Like wh- wh- how do you approach that? Because I know many of us would go many people go 2 hours? Like I <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So once again, it totally depends on the client and the pet. So if you've got a really energetic dog you're with for three hours, you might go on a walk and then come in and cool down and then go play out in the backyard and then the dog naps for 30 minutes and you read a book. Um, If you're with a cat, honestly, Shelly will sit there and the cat just wants to knead on her and sometimes will fall asleep. And that's what the client wants. They just want someone to come and, you know, love on them and then Shelly can... Like I said, read a book or look at her phone. Um, So it just really depends. And we always know going into the job specifically what the client is looking for. And that all starts back with that initial conversation, right? And those questions that you're asking. Because we we can't determine what this time looks like unless we know what they're they're wanting. Now, obviously, we have our professional opinion and we're going to do with that time and the best interest of the pet and and express that and build that in. But at the end of the day, if the client is okay with you sitting on the couch with the cat falling asleep in your lap and you feel guilty, like, well, that, you know, that's something you've got to work with and be kind, be okay, because you know you're doing what the client asked you to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this is also when we get to bring in some of our fun, enriching activities. So dog puzzles, the flirt pull, the bubbles I mentioned, and clients yeah. love to see their pets doing new and exciting activities. And yeah. so you also do do overnights. And so I am curious, do you try and steer clients to one over the other, or do you pretty much go with whatever that client's initial request is? 
So when I first speak with clients, even if they already feel they have a strong um, preference, I detail both services so they really understand what they each look like. And then I explain that the overnight service is one that books up extremely quickly. And we only have a certain amount of team members who offer that service, whereas anybody on our team offers visits. So I really outline what both services look like. And sometimes I get clients who they hadn't considered the idea of somebody visiting four times a day. And I really help them weigh, you know, I ask questions like, is your dog kenneled when you're away? Um, that might not be the best fit for you then because that can equate a lot of kennel time. Um, so I really kind of get into the nitty gritty and help them process what would work well. Uh, and that's personally, that's really hard because I feel like a lot of us, well, we know the answer. We have a, a, a what we would like to do and having to process that information for somebody may feel like it's a it's laborious right it's a lot it's uh well they yeah. just need to decide but but it is important <laughs> because if if you do get clients who go i don't know my neighbor just stayed over you know or my my neighbor's daughter would stay over or son would come over and i i, I don't know that's just what they did so i don't that's all i know and and taking that to them and going well here's some pros and cons let me help you because if, if it's the first time that they're learning about this I don't know if you've ever had this happen, Abby, but the, all of a sudden there's like a, a long pause. It's just like this, yes. this pause where people are going, <laughs> what? what? Like, like, it's like oh, the, yeah. the <laughs> They're absorbing it all. Um, and I, you know, part of my personality is I truly care about making the right decision for the pets in the household. So mm. I don't want, I don't want to do visits if I know, you know, there's going to be a dog who's super anxious overnight. Um, so I'm really good about making what I feel is the right recommendation. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's again, going regardless of what may be mo more or less profitable for me, here's the decision that yes. you really need to go with. And that, that, that speaks to your integrity, right. To, to your actual motivation of, of why you're doing this is to, when you find yourself and, and I think all of us could do better at steering clients away from a, re a requested service because we know it's not the best fit. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and we want our clients to truly be happy with us and have a good experience so that they're repeat clients. And, and it, because again, the client may think they want something, but if you, yep. You know, this is where those questions come into play because they may go, oh, actually, that wasn't a good fit. And my dog didn't look happy in the photos and I didn't get what I expected from this. And, oh, no, never mind. That's not for me anymore. And when, right. when real life, when it could have been, oh, well, I just asked, I just used the wrong words because I don't know any better. And so we, that's a little bit on us to help understand and parse out. I find myself saying this all the time. Okay, I hear you're asking for a house sitter. Can you can you tell me what you mean by that? What are your expectations with this? What would right. you want your house sitter to do? And many times they'll say, "Oh, well, I just you know want somebody to come by a couple times a day to let the dog." Okay, okay. So I here I was getting anxious about quoting you a house sitting price <laughs> and right. starting to get elevated and freaked out by this and trying to figure out <laughs> uh, when they were really just wanting uh, you know drop in visits. Right, and that's why I think. Actually, having that initial phone conversation when possible is really helpful. 
You also get a vibe for that client's personality, which helps you to start thinking who would be a good fit on our team for this client? Who's going to vibe with this person and the the standards of care they have? Especially, and again, this all comes down to the kind of approach that you have as a company, right? If you schedule, like like you like you're talking about, Abby, of going, I can piecemeal this, you know, with my staff, and I because I have a subset that asks to do this kind of thing, I know where their strengths and weaknesses are. I know what kind of personalities they have. I know what kind mm-hmm. of experiences that they have, and I can now. This is part of what it sounds like, kind of the way you customize those services is not just, oh, let me talk to you about what you're wanting, but now who do I put on that service for you? Absolutely, because that's part of making this successful, both on the client side and the sitter side. Um, While this is a tremendous responsibility, I also want it to be enjoyable for sitters. You know, it's no fun to be dreading going to a job. I want sitters to be excited. Yeah, I like this client. I enjoy their style of communication. You know, I enjoy working with Fluffy or, you know, I get the behavior quirks. How do you go about knowing about that for your staff? Because is that a questionnaire you send out or is that uh, just kind of observing them while they're out doing work? That's a great question. So, yes, we do. some Google forms that sitters fill out about the type of animals they're comfortable working with, the type of situations they might not enjoy. And then I also just personally get to know sitters. Prior to them starting with us, they shadow me personally on a variety of jobs. And then I also shadow them. Um, We do a lot of connection over Slack Um, so we have like a kudos channel where I'll send out kudos each week for, you know, specific things for sitters. Um, we do team meetings where, you know, we'll meet up for dinner or something like that. So I just feel like, um, I get a good sense of who people are. And also, you know, reviewing their their reports um, initially kind of helps me get a good sense. Who's more talkative? You know, who's more, um, you know, they go through the facts and say something like no concerns today. It just it just helps me to get an idea. Yeah, it's it's amazing what kind of mismatch you can have between communication styles, between mm-hmm. even yourself personally. Like I am a very verbose person. I like to write yes. long things in my updates with very, you know, <laughs> with you know, stories, all sorts of illustrations. And yeah. I did that one time for a client. I literally, and but this time I was being literal and I said there was a fish head in the ditch and then we oh. had to avoid it. And the client was like, what does that, what does that mean? And <laughs> because she... He was so used to me being, you know, you know, flowery or whatever and using <laughs> illustrations. She th- I was like, no, it was a literal fish head. Here's a, here's a picture. And it was a, <laughs> so you kind of have to have that feel for who you're communicating with and what those styles match up. Absolutely. And I always tell sitters, you will have clients who respond to every single thing you send. You will have clients who never respond and you'll wonder if they're reading. And oftentimes I find out they are reading these things because they'll, they'll say something to me later on. And so it's important that whatever the communication style of the client, you're still giving those detailed reports. And I tell people to be genuine. You know, I don't want people to compliment things just for the sake of throwing it in there, if you like the wreath on somebody's front door, say, hey, Jean, you know, I noticed your new fall wreath. That's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, comment on the weather, you know, just really build a relationship. And I want it to be genuine. 
Right. And, and it can feel very one way, right? I know we had a client who we were taking care of their dogs and it was a terrible winter and we were all the updates. I mean, we were nailing everything. We were doing a fantastic job. We didn't hear a peep from this person back. Not, I mean, nothing. Honestly, I, I did not find out until a year later, we went to a new shop that had opened up in our town. I was talking to the store owner. Well, she was best friends with that client and was like, oh my gosh, we sat on the beach together and she just raved about those updates every time you send them and showed me all the cheap stuff. <laughs> you, know, you know, here I was like, what did we do wrong? Like, I feel, you know, it was just like, okay, like, but some people just, they don't respond back and that's just how they are. And we can't really take that, that too personally. Oh, absolutely. And I think part of it is some people are a little better letting go, especially if they're on a trip. It's okay. We trust you. Do your thing. You know, I just want to be able to relax and unwind. And then we have other people who really do want to check in um, and need those touch points. Going back to those overnights, I know that is a a, a point of, I don't know, frustration or concern that a lot of business owners have of, of how to make those work. So are you are you paying hourly for those? Is that piecemeal work? Kind of how how do you have that structured for your staff? Great question. Um so our current model is that we charge by the 24 hour period, which is what I did, you know, myself um prior to growing a team. And so, no, it's not paid by hour. It's paid by job. Um, I have a rate worked out with sitters. However, we're getting ready to restructure. You know, I was talking about pivoting and, you know, and what I'm liking now is the idea of having a sitter that can offer the overnight portion. So from a set time to a set time in the morning, and then that sitter can either also help with afternoon care or another sitter can jump in and help. And I think that's going to allow us to um, really have more availability for overnights mm-hmm. because I have people that are, I would say, mostly full-time on our staff. Um, they're all independent contractors. And then I have people that are part-time and may have a Monday through Friday office job. So, you know, it, it varies as to what people can do. Right. And 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 I think that's about finding that flexibility in your business. and and Right. While while sometimes when people hear flexibility, they hear headaches, right? Because let's be honest, like when it's when it's flexible, <laughs> it means there's a lot of variation. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like if you're preserving and keeping people from burnout, if you're adding, if you're if it allows you to increase capacity, if it increases your resiliency if something goes wrong, all of those are good things. We just have to decide how do we actually make that work in our business and for for the people that were are on on, on staff. I also, you know, I'm, I ask my sitters for their feedback mm. all of the time. And I think Crazy. that's important and they like to, they like <laughs> to be heard, you know, and it really is a team approach. I initially, when I was solo, I kind of had this idea of I could do it all. I should do it all. And I have learned that having a team is great because everybody has a different skill set, different ideas, different thoughts. And when we come together, mm. you know, it's uh, it's cohesive. Pat Perniels makes it easy to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-consumer gift model that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized, simply gift reaches your client or employee on your behalf. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They also offer an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and welcome new and rescued pets. 
Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client or celebrate a pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business gift perks account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package prices. Since the service is used on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchase. Learn more at petperennials.com, check out that business program, or register for that free gift perks account by using the link in the show notes. So what what was it? You were a year and a half into your business, you're running it so low, and <laughs> what made you go, ooh, I need some help? So a couple things. Um... <laughs> you say with a smile, okay. <laughs> One, I was fortunate. I gained popularity very quickly. I quickly realized there was a huge demand for in-home pet care. Um, So I was taking on tons of clients. I was working from really, I'd say 6 a.m. in the morning to like 10 every night because I was doing overnight stays. I was doing walks. I was doing visits, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, And so I was going at a frantic pace. And I had recently joined a business networking group. You may be familiar with B&I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And people have been asking me, you know, are, are you going to expand? Are you going to take this further? And I, I I wanted to, but I was scared to. I'm a perfectionist. I knew how things were done. You know, I didn't necessarily trust anybody else could do that. So I really had to get to a spot where I felt like my back was up against the wall. I cannot Mm. take any more business. I cannot take referrals from this group. And because I felt that pressure, I could have either gone, okay, this is what we can do. Or I could say, okay, I'm going to take this leap. And so I put an ad out on Indeed and started interviewing people. And I honestly never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I feel like a lot of times in our businesses, we may, we, we have to get to that point where it's pro- probably you had a, some idea in your head of going, Ooh, I could probably have some help or Ooh, it'd be nice or, uh, yes. uh, but not yet. Right. Now's not the time. Now's not the time <laughs> until we get to the point where we go, it's now or never, right? I have to do this or, right. Or, or I don't know what else is going to happen. Right. Well, and I think naturally we say to ourselves, I'll do that when I'm more confident about it. No, 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 no. You gain confidence by doing. And Uh, I have to repeat that to myself sometimes because that is my initial mindset. I'm scared to do that. I'm not quite sure what this looks like. Nope. You got to get out there and just start doing it. So you mentioned that you're a perfectionist. How did you go about finding people to match your criteria that you were looking for? Because that's a huge struggle that we all have. Great question. Um, So one thing I looked at in particular was people who truly love animals. I wanted to see um, in their faces and their smile. I wanted to hear stories about their personal pets um, because that is a key piece for me. This business was built upon my love, genuine love for animals. Um, I looked for people who were detail oriented, you know, I observed as we were meeting in person, what's the communication style? Um, Does this person feel more optimistic? You know, do they just getting that overall style? And I was more concerned about finding that love and respect for animals and the detail oriented piece than I was someone who necessarily had a lot of previous experience, you know, so working in a shelter, et cetera, that's a bonus. And you do need to have experience working with animals, but there were particular 
personality traits I was looking for. Um, I also, when I brought on staff, I didn't raise my rates until six months in, which meant that I was not personally making a lot of money off of services, but I wanted to ensure I was paying people well and something that I would work for because you attract what you're putting out there. Yeah. Um, And also, I really let sitters know how we vet our clients. What's, What's different about working with a local business? Here's the difference. I've spoken with each client. If they have dogs, I meet them. I make sure it's a safe environment. They've given us proof of rabies vaccination. They've taken the time to fill out all their information in the portal. They've signed our client contract. It takes all the guesswork out. I find that that piece actually helps a lot more people than I expected when I explain mm-hmm. like, okay, well, but let me talk But before we show up for that first visit, right? Let me count the ways with which we remove people from our client list. Like, right. it's up, right? And, and like, and you can tell people like, especially people who aren't as well versed in the industry or haven't done this professionally before or whatever, like you can see all of a sudden they go, Oh, I, they take this really seriously. Right. They take this. And and so as as an employer, it's our job to both take our work seriously facing our clients, but sometimes even more importantly, taking our work seriously and being an employer seriously towards our staff and letting them know that this isn't just a fly by night thing, that this isn't just a we're 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 winging it together. Right. There's (laughs) there's there's support here. There's structure. There's help. And this has been thought out. Yeah. And, you know, I became more particular with my clients when I grew a team because all of a sudden I felt like mama bear, you know, I don't want to put anybody in a a questionable situation. You know, I want to protect and support the people on our team. Yeah. I mean, I know I have put up with a lot of things over the past 11 Mm -hmm. years of doing this. And, but (laughs) the moment somebody does that to one of my employees, I'm like, no, right. That will not stand. Yes. That is how you feel. It's one yeah. thing when it's you, when it's somebody else you care about. Yeah. Right. And it's, it is care about it. It is caring about them at the human level, right? Just as we mm-hmm. talked about how it's important to know it's, the, how the clients are important to us because they're important, right? Our staff are important to us because they're important. They're, they're, they're right. human, right? And And that's connecting with them on that level. It doesn't just help them see themselves connected in a corporate family and blah, 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 blah. But like genuinely, there's help. There's a connection there. Right. Yeah. Abby, something that I I get from talking with you is just this immense pride of your business and of your team. Um, what are you most proud of? I do have this feeling of pride. Um, part of it is, I think turning a passion into something that really helps other people. Um, So I'm proud of the number of clients we've been able to take on and really um, provide excellent service and peace of mind and terrific care for their pets. Um, Then I would also say as a single woman, um, it's very rewarding to put work in and see something profitable and feel like, you know, you built this from scratch because coming into this, I was not someone who had prior experience running a business. Mm. I was really um, 
involved in the service aspect of it. So it took a tremendous amount of learning and, you know, all these different resources, uh, business coaches specific to pet sitting. Um, so I'm very proud. And there were times where I thought, why am I continuing to do this? Because this is hard right now. Um, and I kind of felt like, you know, you're in, you're in a rodeo and you're riding the bull. And I was like, I am not letting go. I have, I have latched onto this and I am doing this. So it, yeah, there's a big source of pride there. Why not let go? Right. I know because we hit a lot of speed bumps. We hit those tough points in our life. And, and I know for me, there's always that, that little voice in the back of my head going, just to stop, right? Just, it, it's not worth it. Is it just right. why, why, why put yourself through this again? Well, and one thing I think all pet sitting business owners have in common is we prioritize the needs of others. We're working with so many people. And what I've had to learn is I need to focus on some self care. In my everyday life, um, that was something a business coach I work with pointed out to me. Hmm. And that sustains you through some of the more difficult periods or knowing that there's something to look forward to. But honestly, even it's exciting to see how you can fine tune things, you know? And so the more that you go along, you're like, wow, we've really got this down. We can do this efficiently. Um, so I find it exciting. And I, I actually like a good challenge. I I find that there are such a wide variety of different kinds of business owners. Right? There are the kind of people who want a, a lifestyle business, uh, just to have a business running to meet their business, to to meet their personal budget, to to right. run it that way. There are the kind, and and you run that business very differently than somebody who is is optimizing and refining and growing and facing challenges and growing. growing. There's not one or better. Not one is not better than the other. It's just a different approach. And I think it's right. connecting back to what we want our business to do in the first place for us. And it really sounds like you've gone, man, I love these pets. I like this. And now all of a sudden you're like, man, I love this business. Right? This yes. business is rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's so cool to be able to see that. And it, it can be surprising sometimes to look up and go, man, this is hard work, but man, I really enjoyed this. And five years uh-huh. ago, I never would have guessed, right? I never would have guessed that things that I like doing now that have nothing to do with walking a dog or taking care of a cat or or hedgehog right. or anything, but I get immense satisfaction and joy out of those tasks because I know at the end of the day, they're helping people. Right. That's yes. being connected back to that going, oh man, I've got to make this and make another phone call. I've got to go to a chamber of commerce thing. I got to do this. Right. But, but I do that so we can help people. And that's yes. where I, and you connect with the, as your business grows and evolves and you do too. And whether you have staff or not, you find new ways to, I'm going to say it's going to be sappy and whatever, but like <laughs> fall in love with your business again of like, oh wow, there's a whole other aspect to this that I didn't even know of when I first started. Absolutely. And it feels good to be in love with your business. And you're not always going to be in love with every area of it, but no. <laughs> the pieces that you are really, really make it worth it. Yeah. So how, how, how would you say you make the lives of your clients and their pets better? A couple of different ways. So one, this is what I tell everyone on the phone. My goal as a business owner is to provide peace of mind 
I want clients, you know, rather they're on vacation or they're at work, when they're away, I want them to be able to fully focus on what they're doing. I want to take the guesswork out of that. I want them to feel confident in their caregivers, confident in our system. Um, so the peace of mind is huge. Two, I want to make sure we're truly providing joy to the pets we're taking care of. And, you know, we meet pets at their own speed. So some cats, for instance, are super social. Others um, prefer their distance. And we really respect that. But for those animals who want that attention, what fun it is to be able to bring them joy. You know, like I was talking about the bubbles or the walks, you know, where we do kind of like a sniffari and just all these fun things. So it's, it's, it's twofold. You know, the client has peace of mind, but also they know, gosh, this is great for my pet. Take the guesswork out of their care and make them feel confident. And that is an aspect that I don't think a lot of pet owners really connect to until they need to connect with it. And it's sometimes hard to get them to understand that aspect of it before you, they experience your services. And it can be one of the most frustrating things in the world. Of I have gotten people on the phone I've told them what we do, talk, ask them some questions about what they're looking for. And in my mind, I'm like, this is the perfect fit, right? This this person yes. should book immediately, but they don't make that connection. And I'm going, <laughs> oh, if only you don't. <laughs> and it, it can be hard, but but finding new ways to meet them where they are, I think is that is a challenge that will that will never really end as a business owner. Right. No, I completely agree with that. I think once people take that leap and start working with us, like they may contact us and say, oh, usually our family helps out, but they're going to be on vacation with us. You know, as a business owner, I could say, oh, this might just be a one-off thing, you know, one and done. We help them once, it's done. But I try to look at things as possibilities. What if we help them? And then they say, wow, you know, that was an incredible experience. My pets were so much happier. Let's work with you again. Or even if they book us once, they tell other people, you know, in in person or on those Facebook groups, you know, they're throwing our name out. And so I really think every client you work with, it's an opportunity. Yep. We get those too, where they go, well, I usually have my mom take care of my pets, but <laughs> she's going with us to Cabo or whatever. And you're like, okay, yeah, well, I will probably never see you again. Does But is that going to change the quality of work that we do? No. Right. Is that going to change the passion that we bring to this? No. Is Are we still going to love the pets like our own? Yeah. So we're going to do this and we're going to do it. And, and a lot of times what we find is, how do people typically travel, right? They go, well, my neighbor's going to check on Tuesday and Thursday, mm-hmm. and I need to find Frank to come and take care of my trash. And I've got mail coming and Betty's going to do that. And, I, and I'm going to have my cousin stay over. And all of a sudden, it's like, when you can come in and you're just like, no, like we'll, that's us. We're everything. Yes. Like, no more. Get, you don't worry. We'll take care of all that. You can see their the, the, the tension released from their shoulders a lot of times where they go, oh, huh, yes. well, that's cool. And you're like, yes, yes, it is very cool. <laughs> yeah. And when I, when I tell people this on the phone, you know, we will, we'll check for mail and packages every day. We'll take your trash and recycling out. We can fill your outdoor bird feeders. You know, we can water plants. It's like, oh, that is one of the benefits. You know, we're watching over your home and we're we're keeping things running smoothly. 
Abby, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today and walking us through your journey and encouraging us to be proud of that hard work, that we do hard things, and that uh, there, are, there are other things that we can do. And, and, and meeting people where they are and asking those good questions are going to help us set up those expectations appropriately. Uh, I know that there's a whole lot here, uh, and you do a whole awful lot. So uh, how can people listening get connected with you and follow along with all of your cool stuff? Yes. So we are on Facebook, um, Auntie Abby's Professional Pet Sitting Service. And I'm sure we can put a link in the show notes. Yes. We're on Instagram, um, LinkedIn. I'm very active in all of the pet sitting Facebook groups online. Um, so you can find me there as well. Abby, this has been an absolute immense pleasure. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I was. So excited to be able to share some time with you and get to know you and hopefully help others. I had two really big takeaways from my conversation with Abby. The first one is the importance of doing hard work and us personally gaining confidence from it. The fact that as we try new things, as we tackle hard problems, we see ourselves as more and more and more capable of doing them again. What an absolutely critical aspect of running a business, having confidence in our ability. Now, that's not to say that we become cocky or we become too self-assured to reach out for help or think we know it all, but we begin to know and understand our own personal abilities better each time we try. And then I really appreciate her conversation around having pride in our work, being proud of your hard work, the fact that you have built, you are building something that from wherever you came from, no matter the struggles or the hardships that you have faced, you are here, you are doing something to serve your community. And if you have a team to bring and build them up alongside you as well, all for the purpose of making somebody's life just a little bit better. That is wonderful. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you so, so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. Thank <laughs> you.